Welcome to the totally independent, completely unofficial, not even in the same state as the Indianapolis Colts, Colts Podcast. Coming to you from the land of brisket and barbecue, Lone Stars and Longhorns, where some cowboys wear hats and others wear helmets. This is the Unstable Blues with Liam and Kevin Hall. The Colts took it into an encore to beat the Titans in Nashville. We will talk about the Colts' fourth win in a row, look ahead to the even close road trip to Cincinnati, and see how things are shaping up in the unstable pick six. So here we go. Before we jump into it, uh, congratulations uh, are in order to Reggie Wayne, Dwight Freeney, and Robert Mathis for all being semifinalists for the Hall of Fame. Yep. I believe this should be Reggie Wayne's year. Oh, for sure. It should be. And I don't. I just don't know if it would be right if Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis didn't go in together. Yeah. I, I, even though, like, I think Dwight is eligible, was eligible before Robert, I, to me... They have to go together. Like they yeah. were a team on the field, two peas a team in a pod in the hall, and so uh, that's the way it should go. Well, the Colts won the f- the Colts won the fourth game in a row and swept the season series with the Titans. First time since 2018. Yep, they just had to do it in overtime, though. I know. Uh, with the win and some help from Houston of all teams, the Colts are seven and five, and in control of their own destiny for the playoffs. Currently the sixth seed. I did confirm that Mm -hmm. on the actual league website. Uh, Not sure how they are over uh, Cleveland when Cleveland won. Maybe they're just giving it back to us like they should have given the calls back. Hey, if that's that's what they're doing, I'm happy with it. I know. To say it was a wild game may be a complete understatement. With a missed extra point, two blocked punts, Technically, one was a fumble. Yep. One with a scoop and score by Mr. Grant Stewart. Yep. Multiple balls that were difficult to tell if it was a pass or a fumble, plus a pick two. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've heard multiple people say that this was the craziest game with multiple different crazy plays that they Mm -hmm. have ever seen in their lives. So, let's get into it. Let's go through it. Um if you look at most of the stuff, most of the stats favor the Titans in this yep. game. Yeah. Derrick Henry had over 100 with almost five a carry with 4.9. Uh, and then he even left in the fourth quarter due to a concussion. I saw that hit. I was like, oh. Yep. Uh, the Titans held the ball for over 38 minutes. Now, there was an extra 10 minutes played, but that's almost a 10-minute difference between the Colts mm-hmm. and the Titans. Yeah. In time of possession. They had 177 yards on the ground, so I'd imagine the other 77 came from Spears. Uh, yeah. Or maybe Levis. Well, or he had, like Derek that. had over 100, so... Um, um, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, but like, I mean, this was that, this was the last game without Grove. We'll get into that next segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, 6 of 17 on third downs compared to 3 of 14 for the Colts. Titans were also 2 of 3 in the red zone, while the Colts were only 1 of 5. But regardless, the Colts had another six sacks, which puts them now second in the league. 42. Only to the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Uh, they scored on special teams. 
and they like made the plays they needed to whenever it mattered. Yep. Situational football really matters. Mm -hmm. Nick Folk's missed extra point also proved to be the open door into overtime. Yep. Gardner Minshew had his best game as a Colt, throwing for 300 yards, two touchdowns with a rating of over 100. Yep. One of the funniest things that I heard on the broadcast was hearing Matt Ryan, who was in the booth mm-hmm. uh, on Gardner Minshew's fumble inside the red zone, uh, talking about how you really, you know, the best way to protect the ball in here is to have two hands on the football with the pocket collapsing. I'm going, I'm thinking, oh, is that how it's done, Matt Ryan? Maybe you should have done a little bit more of that last year for the Colts. Yep. Pitt continued his eleven his year with eleven catches for hundred five yards and the game winning touchdown to ice it in overtime. Yep, uh, the walk off one that passed Marvin Harrison for the most receptions in the first four seasons by a Colt. Indeed, and also Marv has the what? And also Marv as the only other Colt with ten or more catches and hundred more yards in consecutive games. Yep. Alec Pierce. There was an Alec Pierce sighting. He finally came alive with his first career 100-yard game and a touchdown and all that on only three catches. Yeah. That's yep. looking up for him, for yep. sure. Maybe you just need to throw the ball to him more. Get it up there. Yep. Kylan Granson also had 72 yards, including the big 46-yard handoff. Reverse flea flicker to the streaking tight end. Yeah, we've seen this play uh, a couple different times. This, like, handoff, uh, reverse, back to the quarterback with the tight end going. We've seen the Lions do it uh, the same exact week that the Niners did it. Niners got a little bit more uh, attention for it because it was George Kittle, because it was a primetime game. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've seen this before, um, but apparently somebody did a little bit of scouting around the league uh, on the bye week and said, we're going to do that one. We're yeah. going to do that one. And then yeah. it's going to take a couple weeks to get there. I like it. Uh, EJ Speed had three TFLs, including a big one in the fourth quarter. We mentioned the six sacks. Mm-hmm. Samson and Quiddy each had two. Yep. And special teams, not to be outdone. Matt Gay went four for four and had a baby. Had a baby? Yeah. I didn't he, know this football stat. He, <laughs> it's not. But as we as we know, these are real people, and uh, their real lives uh, do matter. Uh, maybe even more than the football stuff. Uh, but he went four for four and uh, got the one extra point, and still made it back to Utah to see the birth of his baby girl. Congratulations to him. Yep, Grant Stewart. Had his first ever career touchdown off of a Nick Cross blocked punt. Yep. And Tony Brown had the other block that was just really a a fumble because it never actually met the foot of the poor uh, Stonehouse punter that is now done for the season. His legs. Um, They had another in that other huge special teams tackle late in the game. Or Tony had another huge uh, tackle late in the game. Yep. That is a total of 10 points for the Colts off special teams 
turnovers. Yep, that was crazy. Uh, we mentioned the one for five in the red zone. One of those four misses was the Gardner fumble, but the other three were field goals. So that's still nine points. And the only red zone touchdown was the walk-off winner. Hey, it's a traditional football. If you're going to do it, yeah. that's the time to do it. Zaire only had six tackles and one solo, and even that was still good enough to put him back in second with 130 total tackles and 80 solo. Yep, uh, Aluakwan is uh, up by one in total and five in solo. Uh, so it's going to be a sprint to the end. We'll see if Zaire can get off uh, his offensive streak a little bit more and <laughs> plugged into the defense. Yeah. Uh, Zaire, speaking of which, was also the Colts nominee this week for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. That's awesome. Unfortunately, I don't think fans have anything to do with that. Uh, also, unfortunately, the early uh, numbers are in for the Pro Bowl voting, and uh, there are zero Colts listed in the top two of all the positions uh, listed. You know, Kenny Moore, not on there. Zaire, not on there. Quentin Nelson, not on there. Mm-hmm. Bernard Ryman, not on there. So M- MPJ even. Yeah, not on there. it just seems a little... But you know what? Here's the deal. We're just gonna Colts fly just under gonna the radar, slipping under the radar. I mean, slipping. This under four the game win streak has caught a lot of people off guard. I've seen a lot of like random YouTube videos on my for you pages. Like, hey, we gotta check out what the Colts are doing. Yeah, and I'm like, you guys missed out. You you can, but the the caveat will always be, well, it was the Panthers, it was the Patriots. You know, it's like, but regardless. The Colts are finding ways to win the game. They're finding ways to get the job done in situational football. When it matters. When it matters. Yep. So, speaking of when it matters, what was your Mayflower move of the game? Of all these crazy plays, in all these crazy moments, what is the one moment that sticks out to you Was that was the it was shift, the uh, tide shifter? It was kind of earlier in the game, but not like super early. Okay. Uh, I mean, obviously, you could go with the huge Alec Pierce bomb touchdown because that was the The first first touchdown. But I'm going to go with the – I think it was the second touchdown scored. Mr. Grant Stewart picking up, scooping, and scoring because there's a whole story behind that. I mean, you know it better than I do. but Yeah, apparently uh, he was – his wife told him uh, that – or had a dream or something that said you were going to score a touchdown, or she prayed for it. She prayed that he was going to score a touchdown. Uh, And then uh, his brother uh, called him or texted him and said, hey, uh, I think you're going to score today. And he did, all while wearing the uh, My Claws, My Cleats for his own foundation uh, that he and his wife started uh, for, uh, um, based on Matthew 18.5, uh, so you can look up that verse, uh, and it's for a football camp that he does in Houston for mm. underprivileged kids. So That's cool. uh, all these Texas ties that we have, uh, and uh, obviously our relationship with Jesus. Uh, great to see the man with the mane get the job done, and yep. how incredible it was for him to be running full speed still pick that ball up you understand this is like that's an incredibly difficult thing to do but being full speed you just get the you gotta know where it's bouncing to and like 
like it's hard to figure that out like it took me like years to figure out the works of like the way a football bounces and now i know it well enough that i can just yeah i can go get it but it's hard to yeah. learn that full speed yeah um so my mayflower move of the game seems seems very understated with all the crazy plays that happened but once again situationally i think this really really mattered now mind you there was a big shift from like the last bit of the third quarter into like the you know through the rest of the game there was many things that happened yeah but i'm gonna say that can you give me two matt gay's field goals okay before and after half okay so it's two and it one went, it of. went from a 17 10 colts deficit to a 17 16 there was suddenly they were only down by a point and you couple that with the fact that uh, that drive was the longest drive, I believe, in five years that the Colts had put together. 14 plays took up, um, took up, I think, the better part of the third quarter. And so mm-hmm. um, just to get a field goal is unfortunate. But when you talk about those back-to-back field goals, you know, that double whammy that we talk about when you defer, uh, they got the job done, maybe not as good as it could have been, but uh, to get to within one point allowed all the rest of that stuff to really matter much more than it yeah. could have. Yeah. Who's your star of the game then? Um, you can give it to Grant Stewart because of the whole thing. Yeah. Give it to MPJ. I yep. feel like I've given to MPJ so much this yep. year. So my two choices are Gardner and Pierce. Okay. I'm going to give an honorable mention to Pierce because he had an amazing day. First 100-yard season, scored his first touchdown. First touchdown? First touchdown of the year. Year, Uh, yeah. He scored against Jacksonville last year. So hats off to him. Great, great game for him, but, I mean, you can't do it without the quarterback. Yep. I don't like giving it to the quarterback a ton, but I think Minshew definitely proved it. Uh, this week, I know you could say, oh, well, what about that week where he ran for a touchdown, he threw for a touchdown, and all that what stuff. What about the fumble he had this day, game? And what about the fumble he had? I mean, you're going to mess up every yep. now and then. Like, yep. that's just... And just quarterbacks just get... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> quarterbacks just get harped on it a lot more than anyone else does. Um, and, I mean, his first game as a Colt, over 300 yards, I think that's... Uh, and he threw to two receivers for over 100. So, I think that's very... A very successful day. Yeah. Had a pass rating over 100, and 100 is like the base where you want to be, basically. Yep. So I'm going to give it to Gardner for that. All right. Um, I was real close on this. Lots of different things you could do. EJ, Buck came up big. Um, you know, Samson with his second straight game with two sacks. Um, I really want... I really wanted to give it to Tony Brown because we gave Tony Brown a really hard time uh, a few games ago when he got burned real bad at corner. Um, but I got to give it to Brian Mason, the special teams coordinator uh, who grew up in Zionsville as a Colts fan. Now he gets to coach uh, this. And uh, he came from Notre Dame where he called his uh, punt coverage team a punt block team mm-hmm. and he has been waiting i believe to make this a reality at, uh, for the colts and he just did the special team score just the special teams alone uh was 20 points for the colts and special teams and 10 for the titans so wow. the special teams literally 
won the game. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, that's the Colts sweep of the Titans. Uh, and they hopped up in the playoff race and are on a four-game win streak. But the only thing that matters is the next game. And that brings us back to an ominous theory after this. We still don't have any sponsors, but if you'd like to sponsor a little podcast, email theunstableblues at gmail.com. Until then, we'll keep telling you about what we do. The golden doodles are flying. Not really. Puppies can't fly any more than pigs, but we only have a few left. So check them out on our Facebook and Instagram at Country Mountain Dogs. And if you're looking for something smaller and cuter, I always suggest the Yorkies. Also, keep checking as our litter of Bernadoodles will make their first appearance soon. My dad thinks they are adorable. They are. They are. They really are. Uh, best dogs ever, Bernadoodles. Love them. Uh, I'm more in favor of the Yorkies. So now the Colts, uh, in our halftime adjustments here, uh, have to go to the Bermuda Triangle of the league to play the Bengals in Cincinnati. So for those of people who might be new listeners, explain this to us, the Bermuda Triangle of the league. Bermuda Triangle of the league. Um, I'll help you if you need to. It's this Cincinnati is... In between three stadiums, right? It's, it's in between. Uh, three. It's the only stadium in the in the league that is between three state capitals. Right. Yes. Yes. Between three state capitals, so it makes like this triangle around them. Yep. And it's the only stadium in that in the three state capitals. Yep. And so we have this theory that just really weird things goes down in that stadium. That's where Demar Hamlin had his thing. That's where. Um, Antonio Brown got Antonio messed Brown, up. Yep, Antonio Brown just went off the off the rails after that. Um, there have been multiple. Uh, I think Perfect was a part of one of these things. Uh, so there have been multiple different th- strange things that have happened. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals come off a short week, winning in Jacksonville in overtime on Monday. Two AFC South teams have overtime. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars' loss on Monday night opened the door of possibility for the Colts to win the AFC South, though, as the Jags still have to play the Browns and Ravens over the next two weeks with the questionable Trevor Lawrence with a high ankle sprain, as well as trips to Tampa and Nashville. Yep. Uh, So maybe not the easiest uh, road ahead, and then it kind of depends on what T-Law is up to. But guess what? It's time for the return of Grover Stewart, Big Grove. I'm really happy for it because Joe Mixon has been looking pretty solid these last couple of weeks. So if we really need a run stopper and we got our guy back. We got our guy back. It's great that the young guys have had an opportunity to step in and see what they're uh, what they're worth and everything. Mm-hmm. But we've great been, pressure out of them. We've too. been allowing well over a hundred yards rushing throughout uh, his absence. So it's going to be great to have him back. So. Well, you, sir, what are your keys to the game for the Colts against I'm the Bengals? I'm going to say my normal. Okay. Run the ball and keep running the ball. Yep. We saw that it didn't work out that well last week, but the Titans have a good run defense, so we just need to switch it up. We switch it up, 
and we turned we turned the passing offense on. Normally, we don't do as successful as we did, and we did a really great job yep. spreading the ball around, getting a ton of yards. Minshew mm-hmm. um, did a great job distributing the ball. Um, but we need to get Zach Moss going. And uh, I don't know who our second string is, but... Uh, Sermon? Uh, uh, I think back? it was someone someone else last week, but he just didn't play a ton. Okay. So, uh, uh, assuming same thing's going to happen this week, we just need to get Zach Moss the ball, let him bounce off some people, let him get those extra yards, because yep. we know he's really great at not necessarily <laughs> finding a hole, but making a hole for himself. It's kind of how he likes to run the ball. Um, and then after you run the ball, like I always say, the passing game opens up a lot more, especially with this weak Bengals secondary. Uh, we'll have, like, Titans don't have a bad secondary, but the Bengals kind of have a bad secondary. So okay. we should, in theory, be able to throw a lot more than we did against the Titans. Um, and then defensively, get Zaire some more tackles. We need, we need him <laughs> up there. I, like I said, if anything happens, I'll be happy about it's Zaire All right. getting getting his tackles, getting number one in tackling. Um, and then we need our secondary to step up because they have T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, uh, Tyler Boyd. Even uh, Joe Mixon is good in the pass game. And don't forget about tight end Hudson too. Exactly. So they have they have a really good uh, receiving core. I mean, Browning looked good last week. We'll see if it's a fluke. Um, but he looked good. So we need Kenny Moore to lock up whoever. Uh, I don't know exactly who that's going to be. I think it'll be Boyd. Boyd, I guess, yeah. Boyd. I think Chase plays in the slot sometimes. I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Um, but we need Moore to play some lockup. We need Jalen Jones to be a really good corner mm-hmm. on that outside, probably against Higgins most of the game. Um, so we need our corners to lock up. And then obviously the um, linebackers looking for – Looking in that backfield, looking to see if Mixon's leaking out or whatever he's doing. Yeah. Um, big shocker here. Protect the ball, take the ball. Yep. Protect the ball, take the ball, win the turnover battle. Uh, the turnover battle was tied in the Titans game. Uh, so uh, if you're going to win the turnover battle, you almost are assuredly going to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, start fast. Start so fast, but also close out strong if you can get them behind uh, with Jake Browning the young quarterback I think that you have a little bit more advantage because they're going to have to push it and you're going to make mistakes and you get the opportunity to do what our defense seems to be great at Uh, secondly at sacks Mm -hmm. also personally at strip sacks and so get after him pressure him get pressure on Browning he was 86% passing against Jacksonville and part of this is stop the Bengals' run and screen game because if he can just dump it off to Mixon, then he's got a quick out and that ups his percentage. And they can get yards after the catch, and so you got to put pressure on Browning while still having your linebackers like Speed, who's really great in coverage, uh, be able to cover Mixon. Yeah. Um, other than that, take the deep shots if you can, but also. On the defensive side, be ready to intercept. Their weapons are dangerous, but they're also very tempting if you can cover them well, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, if you can stop the run, uh, which we should be better at, 
make them more one-dimensional, then you can lock down and key off uh, all of their good weapons and just maybe make a pick or two. Yeah. Um, what are your matchups to watch then? Ooh, um, I'm going to go Grove and Buck against the defensive line. Having that killer defensive tackle uh, combo back, it will be really fun to watch. Um, and then also... Alec Pierce on whoever they want to put on him. Uh, like you said, take the deep shots. Uh, he just had a good game this past week. Now everyone's kind of like, okay, he can do stuff. It's not yeah. just kind of put whoever on him. Um, and then Zach Moss uh, finding the holes or creating the holes. Uh, so not necessarily a player specifically, but like Zach Moss against his own mind, I guess you could okay. say. All right. Because I know running backs – take a lot of thinking yeah yep all right i have some very specifics here okay. samson ebicom versus orlando brown okay okay uh that blind side that he can uh that samson has been so successful at i want to see him continue that buck against alex kappa in the middle uh i think the return of grove frees buck up right mm-hmm. buck has been the last six game ha- having to kind of do kind of pulled double duty almost once he's got uh grove back he's free to really get pressure up the middle rather than be stuck in between a little bit of that and a little bit of run defense if he's got grove grove got the run buck can get up in the face yeah and so i want to see how he does that uh and then bernard ryman against trey hendrickson Trey's going to be over there against Ryman all day. Uh, Ryman has been uh, one of the best left tackles uh, in the league. And so I want to see how he does. And then Josh Downs against DJ Turner, one of their best corners, uh, probably their version of Kenny Moore uh, in the slot. So I want to see how Josh Downs okay. does against him. Yeah. Who's your player to track then? I'm a, You went off Josh Downs. I'm going to go off that. I'm going to say Josh Downs because... He didn't have that big of a game last week, so I want to see him get involved a lot more this week. All right. Uh, My player to track, Grover Stewart. He's back. He's back, and he should be fairly refreshed. Uh, There was a question asked of Shane early on if he was going to be on a pitch count of any kind coming back. And Shane was like, absolutely not. So let him loose. Let the big man eat. Oh, yeah. Let the big man eat. All right, what's your prediction? Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be a high-scoring game. We're going to say, I think, 34 to 27. The Colts are going to get it done. All right. Uh, I also have the Colts in a, an exact score replication of last week, 31 to 28. Okay. All right. Well, that's what we think is going to happen with the Colts. But what about the rest of the league? We will see if my dad can advance his lead even more in the unstable pick six. (laughs) This holiday season is wonderful, filled with hope and delicious treats. So how do you balance the sweets and still fitting into your ugly sweater? With Plexus, there are a few tools to help you with the holiday dilemma. Visit PlexusWorldwide.com slash GrowingUpHall to check out our holiday specials and get 15% off your entire order. 
love it how you just how I just throw my own self under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back to the Unstable Pick Six. Before we make our picks this week, let's take a look at last week's picks. Uh, we both had the Cowboys in, over the Seahawks in the Silver Helmet Bowl, and we got that one. In a high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. Both had Houston over the Broncos. Both got that one. Yeah, they bailed it out. Um, both had the Lions over the Saints and got that one. And then we both had the Niners over the Eagles, of course, and they got the revenge oh, by a lot. Big way. Yeah. And then... Uh, I had the Packers. And I had the Chiefs. And I pulled that one you did. out. You did. And then we both had the Black Jaguars over the White Bengals, but the White Bengals pulled it out, as yep. we were talking N-O-T. about. That puts my record at 48 and 30. And I'm 45 and 33. I'm three games back. Yep. But we're doing really good overall. We are. We are. We continue to do really good. And I, these ja- these games just keep getting tougher to pick yeah. because we pick good games. We, we don't pick, pick yeah. like the easy ones where it's like you, you got, you know, somebody playing the Patriots or somebody playing the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we pick good games. And so which makes tough. it more competitive for us. Yes. Um, so the, here are this week's marquee matchups. First up, Rams. At the Ravens. The two R's. I'm going to go Ravens. It's in Baltimore, and they look really good. Uh, I am also going to go Ravens. Uh, I know the Rams have been doing great, but it's in Baltimore, and the Ravens look pretty unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, next game, Bucks in Atlanta playing the Falcons. This is like for the NFC South. Like, you know, uh, the NFC South. The yeah. The... Uh, uh, the consolation prize, so to speak, the winner of that division. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have a losing record and still win the division. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say the Falcons simply because it is in Atlanta. Uh, I'm going to go opposite of you. I need to kind of catch up here. <laughs> um, I know we still got weeks left, but I'm a, I need to start catching okay. up. Okay. So I'm going to go Bucks. Uh, I feel like they did a de- they did a pretty good job this past week and the week before against the Colts. All right. So I'm going to go Bucks. I can see it. I can see it. Uh, that's fine. Um, it's not like you're reaching for the stars here. Uh, next one, Jaguars at the Browns. This is a, this is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them. Have backup quarterbacks in? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, I say even if Jacksonville plays with Lawrence on a sprained ankle, they're not getting it done. So I'm gonna go Browns. All right. Um, I am also going to say the Browns get it done. Jacksonville couldn't even get it done. Jacksonville couldn't even get it done at home against the Bengals. So how are they gonna get it done you're, against that defense? You're me. I need you to go the other way. <laughs> We bounce it back and forth for this very reason. Next Nobody can stack the deck. Next game, Seahawks in the Bay playing the Niners. All right. If you differ from me here, this is going to be crazy because you know I'm going to pick the Niners. Like, I understand that the Seahawks may be able to have some luck uh, and, you know, some things go their way in Seattle. But this is going to be in the Bay. And so it's Niners all the way. Last game. That rhymed. So it must be true. Must be true. The games, the last game was in Seattle, 31 to 13, and the Niners won. Just because I'm going opposite of you doesn't mean I'm being stupid. 
What? I'm going Niners. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm not right. being stupid. That's right. <laughs> uh, we should fill people in on this whole like, okay, it rhymes, it must be true. We have this this saying that mm, we yeah. say that, like, if it rhymes, it must be true because this all stems from uh, the saying, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. Uh, because nobody ever said happy husband, happy life because it doesn't rhyme and it's not true. Mm-hmm. And so if it rhymes, it must be true. Yeah. That's our that's yeah. our logic there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um back by fact there from Liam. A little back by fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh who you're I'm up yep, on this up. one. Okay. Uh Bills at Chiefs. Little rematch. <sighs> Lots yeah. of rivalry here. Here you go. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes don't necessarily like each other. Nope. Whew. Um I I got a little bit of reasoning behind this game. Okay. First of all, they don't like each other at all. Okay. Second of all, Chiefs coming off a loss. They want to win. They need a win to get up there in the seating. Because right now they're facing the Colts, right? Yes, at the three seed. Yeah, they're facing the Colts. Yep. So, I mean. We saw how that worked last year. Yeah, exactly. So, if I'm the the Chiefs, I'm like, I don't want to play the Colts. (laughs) Chiefs are worse. Colts are better. So, Uh if you put two and two two together, Colts are going to win that one. All right. Anyways. My real reasoning behind it, it may be is a little far-fetched. Okay. Josh Allen is on the Madden cover. This is the game where he proves why he's on the Madden cover. He's not getting injured. He's going to lose the rematch that he really needs, really wants to win. But he's going to lose, lose it. So the Chiefs are getting it done. <laughs> that was a long winding road and you took me where I thought I, I, you never were going to end up by all that. Uh okay. I'll 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 go with where I thought your logic was going to go and say this is the game he gets hurt because we've seen every other quarterback <laughs> get hurt and this is the game where he proves his Madden thing he's going to get hurt. So, I'm going Chiefs. Also. Chiefs. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Last game Eagles in Dallas playing the Cowboys. With the white helmets on Sunday night football. This is tough, tough. I already have my choice, so it doesn't matter what you're saying. I don't think that the Eagles, I know the Eagles need this. They just come off a loss, and you know now they're up against the Cowboys. But guess what? The Cowboys don't lose at home. Mm. And they also pummel you when they come to, they don't yeah. lose by, it's not like you lose by a little. Like, I think the Seahawks put up the most amount of points against Dallas in Dallas. And so, I'm going to go Cowboys. Yeah. I'm going to go Cowboys, too. <laughs> uh, I was, I was going to go Cowboys, and I thought, I'm like, if he picks the Eagles, this is great. <laughs> and then you pick the Cowboys, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, can the Eagles get it done? I'm like, no, I don't think they can. I think the Cowboys are just too strong at home. You're going to regret that if the Eagles lose. If they win. I will. That's it for this week. Next week, we will talk about what goes down in the jungle. Look ahead to the all-important Steelers matchup in Indy and see if I can continue to grow my lead in the unstable pick six. Or see if I can catch up a game. <laughs> well, this is Liam. And this is Kevin. Reminding you to stay unstable.